Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to your first episode of What's Up Belly Up. This is 2020. This is the new year. This is me bringing on a co-host because last year I sucked so bad by myself. So Zach, man, <laughs> stepping up to the plate, my hockey guy, going to be the co-host this season. Uh, excited to have you on board. And, and what better way to, to bring the new year in than to have my, uh, my hockey guy and my co-host here to talk all football. Yeah, dude, I'm so excited. That, uh, I'm yeah, I'm glad, glad to have you on. Excited about this. It's going to be something different. You're still very much involved with Puck Puck Pass. That's your guys' baby. But we're going to do a little something different. This has usually been uh, kind of behind the scenes of Belly Up. We'll still do that. Zach and I will uh, lead the charge there. We'll have guests on. But we needed, we wanted to start, he and I here, a little bit of uh, more so pro football, I guess, playoffs. So we got a lot of topics. Zach, Zach really dialed in on this. So so you're going to have a lot of uh, insight from, from our, uh, our number one uh, football analyst today. So, <laughs> so to get right to it, you know uh, – you know, we'll just start right at the top. Uh, you know, we're going to the playoffs. Simply put, the teams that are in the playoffs right now, before before one game is played, Super Bowl you want to see. Yeah, this is a good one to get out of the way because I'm we're gonna I'm sure throughout this episode we're gonna break these teams down. But let's just get this out of the way. Who do we want to see? Oh. I want to see uh, Niners Ravens, and it's because you hosted a very belly up sound off episode at the beginning of the season and asked us all to name. Who the under the radar playoff teams were, and I said the Ravens in the AFC and the Niners in the NFC, and now they both have buys. So yes, it. my ego, my super ego, my id, every single part of my brain wants Niners Ravens so I could just brag to everyone, and that's really the only reason. You know, honestly, uh, I think I think America has kind of jumped on the the Ravens bandwagon. I think there's a lot of those right Absolutely. now. You know, I, I like watching, I like watching KC play. I like watching the Ravens play. Obviously uh, those are kind of the two teams that, that where I'm at right now, you know? So, so just to, just to take a, a, you know, a different side, I'll go, I'll go KC AFC. And I will say the Seahawks. NFC. Oh. So that's, um, that's the Super Probably Bowl my not, brother yeah, predicted at the beginning of the year. Really, and it, and you know, this is another transition piece. We we got those picks out of the way, so we'll, we'll just jump right down to that. With with me picking the Seahawks, um, you made a, a good point before the show. Okay, they they really screwed themselves. Um, you know they they had an opportunity to to set the stage for themselves, set the stage pretty. And all of a sudden now they're not even hosting the game. They're going to Philly to play the Eagles, which the Eagles have found a way, limped in the playoffs. You know, is there is there pressure on the Seahawks to to maybe more so obviously in, in general than the Eagles by just making the playoffs, you know, by sliding in? Is there more pressure on Seahawks to win this game based off of everything, the way that they came out? I absolutely think that there's more. The problem with Seattle is that there is definitely more pressure on Seattle than there is Philly. Philly just, like you said, they limped in the playoffs. They were, the, it was the worst division in football. 
and they come out on top of it, which is like getting a gold medal to special Special Olympics. And so you're in the playoffs, and now you get to play at home against the Seahawks. And I think football, more than any other sport, is most important to play at home in the playoffs. So, yeah, there's a ton of pressure on yeah. Seattle to – like you're, I, I mean, I don't think there's any arguments. Seattle's a better team out of the two, but you got to play on the road in Philly. Not an easy place to play. Like there could be some Philly magic out there. I think. I don't know, man. Because like part of me wants to be like Russell Wilson's a vet. Like his pressure ain't gonna get to him. But and they got Marshawn Lynch over there, which I don't really know what what's going on there. But I don't know, man. I think. Oh man, I think Philly could win that game. I really do. I don't think it's as lopsided as people think it is. I think if Seattle, I mean, granted, it would have been a totally different seed matchup, but just change the scenario, say. Mm-hmm. Say the Eagles go to to Seattle, 12th man. No way they have, oh, they have the opportunity. No chance. way they, they win on the road. I don't Where even think they get double-digit points. Now we're talking about, not, yeah, now we're talking about Seattle going to Philly, and it, it may not be pretty, but Philly – could ultimately pull this out, make it to the next round, and and then who knows, you know? So so transition to the next point here of the playoff teams that that made it, whether they're, you know, your uh your wild cards or, or your division leaders. Is there a dark horse team outside of Philly? I have I have one, but I want you to go first if you if you if you have one. Because I want to hear who your dark you know, horse is. Honestly, I I look at this, and I feel I, – I don't necessarily – because I'm talking about the, the NFC, and I'm talking about the Seattle. I think this year – and I don't even know if you call it a dark horse because um, Stepdad's a huge Vikings fan, want to root for them, uh, being in the division with the Lions. You know, love to see that. But but I think the Saints could make a run. And, and like I said, is that really a dark horse team? No, it's probably not a team that you know I'm projecting. Like I said, I, I'm picking Seattle, but that's my dark dark horse team. If if that's a dark horse team, if any, um, so I don't think there's a lot to really dispute outside of saying I'm an idiot for calling them a dark horse. But, uh, <laughs> but what, what do you got? Hit me with what you got. No, I think that's a good one because I mean I would I would tend to think that it's like if I was going to if it was a toss up, it'd be Niners, Packers, or Seahawks in my opinion. So I would throw the Saints in there, but I. They're a good team though, so I think they could do it. Mine is the Texans. Um, they that's open what... up. They open up against the Bills, so that's the Bills are beatable. But I, it's tough because I wanted to throw the Bills in as my dark horse, but they could actually be for real. I think nobody's really talked about the Texans this year. Is my thing and Texans or Bills? I think. I mean, the Bills yeah. obviously had had their run, their fan base, the circle of the wagon. But as far as the playoffs, I think both of those teams are very. There's no spotlight on on that game. Yeah, and, and it's tough because in the AFC, the buys are the Ravens and the Chiefs, like we talked about earlier, and those are two very tough teams. So this Bills-Texans kind of feels like a man, whoever wins is going to lose next round. But I, I, I think the Texans are built in a way that if they beat the Bills – they could surprise somebody in the second round, and I, I would put. I'm not confident enough to like put money on it, but I, I'd keep my eye on it. So, so the, these topics are, are they're they're falling into place beautifully. You know, <laughs> we're talking 
you know, Dark Horse, we're talking who we think is going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, we've named all these teams outside of the New England Patriots. Where do you? Where do they fall? And and how early? I mean, for the first time ever, we're saying how early. We almost feel that this this team is uh, kind of ran out of luck. There, there's nothing more for them. Uh, you know, the big thing now is Brady's under contract till the end of the season. And there's no guarantee where he's going to end up. Do I see him going anywhere? Not really. But but in general. Did, did, could you see them getting bounced in the first round, second round? I mean, I mean, ultimately, it's got to be one of those rounds, right? Maybe the second round? Yeah, well, yeah, for me, it's inevitable. that They're not making the Super Bowl, I don't think. And part of that has to do with last May I put out that tweet. It's my pin tweet still that I just buried Boston. They were up 2-1 to one in the Stanley Cup final, and I was like, listen, Boston's not going to win another championship for X amount of years. I don't remember what I said. But that includes New England. So here they are. They play Tennessee in the opener round, which I don't think you can take Tennessee lightly. Uh, they're not. I mean, they're no Baltimore, Kansas yeah, City. Yeah, but they're, but they're still. Yeah, a Belichick disciple. Yeah. So I think maybe they skate by Tennessee. They win that game twenty to seventeen. But I don't. I think they're losing by two touchdowns or more in the second round. But do they reseed in the NFL? They do, right? It's based on. Best team plays worst team, or are they automatically yeah, well, the Yeah, based off the highest, lowest. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Seed, yeah. So, yeah, so I mean, whether they play the Ravens or the Chiefs, I don't know what the sneers are, but I think they get trounced by either team. And, yeah, both teams put it on them. So, so I mean, ultimately, you're thinking Tennessee, they squeak by that. You know, I, I could see, like I said, a, a Belichick disciple with uh, Mike Vrabel. If you've ever watched a Tennessee game, which I don't know, you guys probably have them on quite a bit. Is that your local? Yeah, it is. Unfortunately, or not? Or, I was to say so. So, <laughs> dude, Mike Rabel, watching him coach, the things he says is is it's amazing. Like I think there was a tweet last week about him just going off on the sideline, and you can read his read his lips saying, "Who the fuck is this guy?" Like he was yeah, talking about. I saw that on the field. <laughs> like it, it's beautiful. Like that. That's the kind of team that. They don't care. They've got these this young nucleus. Ryan Tannehill has been reborn. You know, th- this almost reminds me of of the Nick Foles situation in 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 Philly. You know, when when Wentz went down. You know, a, a little different story, but Foles went out, and you know, obviously it's history now. But can Ryan? T- I'm not saying Ryan Tannehill is going to win a Super Bowl, but he's in line for a contract where Mar- Mariota is going to get shipped out somewhere. You know, I mean, at this point, but. But again, this is this is beautiful. You know, where we're talking about Tannehill, and, and he's pretty much playing for, you know, his his career. He's going to get a contract somewhere. Someone's going to sign him. Like I said, the same thing with Nick Foles. Nick Foles had this great season. Philly didn't want to retain him. He went to to the Jags. Been up and down. Been hurt. He's not even the starter. There's a rookie starting right now. Well, I guess I shouldn't say right now because the season's over. But but if there's a team in the playoffs right now, and and honestly, to tell you the truth, I, I'm not sure so much this year based off of past years, but is there a team that you could insert Nick Foles in his Philly days, in his Philly Super Bowl days, to, to that could essentially take them to the next level? You know, <laughs> I, I'm not sure I'm on board this. I'm not sure I'm on board this playoffs, this playoffs, uh, you know, this group of teams that he would be an upgrade. Yeah, I don't uh... – God, I wanted to make a Patriots joke so bad there, but I just can't with a straight face. Um, but you're right. I mean, I'm glad you brought Tannehill because nobody talks about Tannehill. I'm pretty sure he holds the record, the NFL record for most consecutive completed passes, 
which is like no joke. Yeah, but just like a dink and dunk, yeah. Yeah, but uh, you're right. I'm looking at it. I mean, maybe. I mean, you could make an argument in Minnesota because Kirk Cousins is so bad in primetime football, and Nick Foles is so good. In I didn't football. think about them, but I don't. Actually, I don't really. Know. You're right, yeah. though. I mean, you got you got court like you got quarterbacks in this playoffs that you can trust. Like honestly, I'm looking at. I mean, maybe Josh Allen's a little shaky, but still, I wouldn't trade him for Nick Foles. I don't think. Would you trade him for your your boy in Minnesota, Kirk Cousins? <laughs> I would take – oh, man, that's a tough question. I would probably take – You take Cousins. Josh Allen's or Kirk Cousins? I would take Kirk Cousins, I think. But, but if he loses a couple more primetime games, I might flip. I've always been on the side of the – like his primetime record is bullshit. How many more you got to lose? God. <laughs> Dude, I got – anyways, so – Well, yeah, it doesn't matter. God, Nick Foles on the Jags and they're golfing. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You know what? He's had a rough season. And you know what? Honestly, to tell you the truth, like with with the Eagles limping in, uh, you know it's it's funny. The beginning of the season, everybody was Carson Wentz got to return to form. Halfway through the season, they were done with Carson Wentz. Now all of a sudden, he's a goddamn savior. That that city, and, and don't fault me. I, I'm a Lions fan. I say it all the time. It's good. You know what? I I'm gonna tell you. I'll put it on record. I take Matt Stafford Matt Stafford every day, but it doesn't matter. But either way, you're talking burn the dude at the stake, middle of the season. Now all of a sudden he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And don't and again, don't get me wrong. Like I said, he's throwing to absolutely nobody. They're they're there's they're they're picking up people off the streets as far as wide receivers. I bet you you couldn't even name a, a starting wide receiver on that team. Did you the see only that? I could name their their tight end. No, go ahead. No, yeah, I was just gonna say. I'm sorry, I interrupted. Well, he ain't hurts any. He hurts hurt too. <laughs> Did you see uh, he's the first quarterback in history to throw for 4,000 yards and not a single receiver is over yeah, 500? Man. 500? That's insane. That's ridiculous, dude. Insane. That blows my mind. And, and that's like – that that shows – which I've said before in the past. The dude has talent. He's nothing but talent. But he's banged up, which, you know, it, it's here nor there. You know, you, you can't – he's trying to do too much. And this is the ultimate – maybe it's a better game plan this year because – now he's trying to do, I shouldn't say too much because he has absolutely nothing around him, so he has to do everything. Outside of three, four games, they would actually probably would have ran away with that division if it wasn't for the receivers not being able to catch anything. The Lions game, the Lions should have lost that game. Yeah. I'll take that win all day long. But, but, uh, but you know, they lost that game because of drops. They, they lost a couple games. So, so ups and downs of, of him this season, I wouldn't say so much as ups and downs as opposed to the Philly fans just being beside themselves to – Yeah, Carson got to get the fuck know, out of Philly. Even in the middle of the season, in, in your, that's what you think? Yeah, I, th- I mean, uh, otherwise it's just going to kill him. The fans are going to kill him. They're going to crucify him. And for no, for what? I mean, but the Philly like fans so are the, they're the only fan base right on, don't understand a win is a win. They can't get it. Like, okay, I hate on Boston fans as much as I can, but the Boston fans are still able to accept that a win is a win. Philly, a win is a win is not good enough for Philly, and they will crucify you if you're if you're not playing well, and it's just absolutely ridiculous. So if Carson Wentz wants to maintain any sort of a confidence in his game, he's got to get out of Philly. It's not for him. So, so okay. Let, let's put this out there, and and we'll have to have Mark uh, make sure that he uh, he he cuts this part out right here just specifically <laughs> for him. Say Seattle goes in 
to Philly and just lights them up and Philly lays an egg. Mm-hmm. What what does Philly what 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 does the Philly faithful have based off of what or how do they look at Wentz? Oh man, well they're I feel like most of them are just gonna be like, well yeah, that's what that's what we expected. But the reality of it is it the reality of it is if you're playing a home playoff game, you can't lay an egg. So like in your circumstance, yes, if you lay an egg, crucify the man. Like you can't do that at home in the playoffs. You just can't. And I'm pretty sure they don't even have an excuse because I don't think they finished under. Didn't they finish nine seven? They didn't even finish under five hundred. So yeah, yeah, they fin- yeah. I mean, but, I mean, like, like I said, he 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 has nothing. But right now, Philly is riding the wave. They're back on the bandwagon as far as the Carson Wentz bandwagon, which I don't even know who the backup is there right now. But uh, but either either way, I mean, he's the best that they got. I understand that he, he he is a good quarterback, but it's just funny outside looking in this fan base the the way that they the, the the delusion in their brain that the way he started the season to where he ended it he's the same guy and now if anything he's playing the best football he ever had but he they go in this playoffs he's he's limped them into the playoffs you know are people just going to say, oh, yeah, we were in a crappy division, it was a crappy team, yeah, that's what we expect? Or are they just going to be like, you know what, the hell with this guy? To me, ultimately, I think he's took this team put it on his back, and pretty much half of Philly just said piss on this guy in the beginning of the season. Now all of a sudden they're jumping on the bandwagon. So so it's going to be interesting to see what happens at the end of the season. I know the uh, the boys at Design Tree will be be all about that, out, out tailgating in the lot you know, with their, their high-dollar uh, – their RV and all that stuff. They're, they got their uh, live pods <laughs> out there. They never invited. They never invited the boys from Bel up, but that's okay. So uh, is this but, Carson's but first way, postseason so, game ever? Uh, yeah, yeah, honestly, tell you, yeah, because of everything he's been, uh, I'm he's to look been up. banged up as far yeah, as he's got no postseason stats. So I think it is. So maybe, yeah, so, so, maybe so, they'll so, run it off like so, that. That's that's what Eagles fans are gonna do. They're gonna be like, "Oh, give him a break. He's never played in the postseason before." And I'm just, I'm gonna be barfing. Okay, so so quickly, uh, this is kind of off script, but I think we both can talk on it. You, your brother, myself, got a lot, a lot of uh, different variables, different thoughts on the Lions. Uh, bringing back Matt Patricia, Bob Quinn, uh, they they've made some changes. Uh, in, in you see the coaches but, uh, step down today? I was just saying, but they. Oh no, I didn't see today. I saw yesterday. Did Pasquale, uh step oh, down? Maybe it was yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Defensive coordinator oh, yeah, yeah, and O line yeah, yeah. coach. Because they were saying, so okay, so so that's fine because two things we need to fix, bro. What we expected, so, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So, so, uh, so that that's good. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up because I've been out of loop today. But uh, your your thoughts? I know you, your brother, myself, uh, maybe me and you more so have maybe kind of a uh, more of an agreement. Uh, Patricia is going to be his third year. Bob Quinn's been there a little longer. This is this is a uh, uh, Bob Quinn's guy. Um, I think as much as you hate to see it, you get rid of Caldwell. You're suc- I wouldn't say successful, but successful for a Lions. You make the playoffs. You go to this misery again. Uh, we we're getting another draft under us. We got a top three pick. Um, you know this this is the year, whether you believe it or not. But <clears throat> based off this fan base, based off of the the misery, the reality, is this the best route to go? Uh, or, or is it just flip this thing over, start over? Um, do we do it all over like we do every four to five years? Are, are you on board for 
retaining him for one more year and just essentially saying, hey, this is make or break it? Yeah, so I'm on the board of um, he's got to go better than 8-8 eight eight this year, this next year. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's, this it's isn't Staff- the, uh, the Eagles division. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you got, you got Stafford coming back. You got the third-round pick. Or, I mean, the, sorry, the third overall pick. This third, yeah. Um, I saw an interesting thing where if Chase Young is gone, assuming he's gone by a third round, or God, I keep saying that third overall pick. Trade back. Uh, yeah, you trade back or my brother brought up Jerry Judy. Is J- Jerry his first name? See, I saw that too. They said if you get Jerry Judy with Galladay, and then there's draft defense the rest of the rounds, that you're you're pretty much set. And I'm somewhat on board with that. We still got Marvin Jones, and that. I mean, I, I still I don't know how long uh, uh, Danny Amendola signed, but I I feel that um, the corner from Ohio State, Jeff, uh, I can't even pronounce his name right now. If he's sitting there at third, because my big thing is the more I look at this team is with the whole um, offloading of of uh, digs. There was something to be said about that. There's a lot of buy-in on this coaching staff. The players like to play for Patricia from what I hear. But there was a few guys that kind of vocally were outspoken on it, and it was more so him, which you see Slay and those guys not so much saying anything about Patricia, but kind of, you know, whatever. So mm-hmm. so we're talking about the draft. I, I know we're going on and, and, and talking about the Lions, and, and nobody <laughs> cares about the Lions, but you're just going to deal with it at this point. So, But, uh, you know – is my, my thing is, is I'm not I'm not saying Slay's a cancer by this point. Uh, he, he's a great corner. He's he, he seems like he's always dinged up. Comes back in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would never say he doesn't play with heart, but you know it, it, we've got plenty of needs. And this is the last thing I'm thinking about. But but would you be open to moving Slay for something, or do you think he's a permanent fixture in Detroit, and and we need to build around him? Because really, he's the only bright spot, I guess, on the defense. And I, I think his, which is a fun fact, is is his cousin is Tracy Walker, that is a, a safety, and which is he's got a. I think he's an up and comer too. I think we've got a lot of young talent, but we don't have any studs. You know, would you be willing to move on from him if it were to land us some picks, to land us something? You know, or I don't think enough people talk about this, and this is something that I see. Yeah, that's a good point. And I would I the only way I'd be willing to move off of Slay is if we got a pass rusher in return or a position to yeah, draft a yeah, a pass rusher. Because and here's the the whole thing with Pasquale stepping down today and I haven't had much time to research it and look into it. And obviously we haven't had like formal statements or anything like that. But I think like we didn't the Lions didn't blitz like ever last last year. And I think maybe they're trying to change that. Um, what's his name? Head coach Patricia is trying to change that. And maybe Pasquale was like, yeah, maybe he's like, I don't have a scheme that can do that. And so they were just like mutually agreed that he should step down. And I mean, the last, I want to say first or second round, but the last two drafts, they've went linebacker, linebacker in the first round, I think. So I think they're grooming him. Maybe they weren't like mature enough to, to blitz yet. Or I, I don't know what goes into that, but. I think maybe that they – I would like to believe that the Lions realize that they don't blitz enough. 
and that they're effective when they do blitz. Uh, I th- I think is, and and who knows what they're going to bring in for for the defensive coordinator? Because I just I looked it up. Paul did step down, obviously, like we're talking about. Why why not? You see so many of these head coaches uh, either running as an offense coordinator that they're calling the plays or defense. Why not let Patricia run his defense? Let him call the plays. I don't plays. hate that idea. I know the head. That, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't. I know. I, I guess I shouldn't say I know head coaching. There's a lot to it, but but when you're you're essentially got an offense coordinator, you got a defense coordinator. You know you can influence it, but what? what? Grab the clipboard. Say, listen, this is how we're going to do it. This is your system. You know how to do it. You did it in New England. You brought championships in New England. Where, where you you essentially took a guy from Detroit that didn't fit in, in Van Noy and made him an MVP or not an MVP, a Pro Bowler in in New England. And now people love him. Where in Detroit he didn't fit in. So so why not find those guys in Detroit? You're getting these people, Devin Kennard, uh, you know uh, Christian, uh, you know all all these guys that. You know, Justin Coleman, I, which he started off early in the season. You know, you're bringing all these guys in that fit your need. Why not call the plays, you know? And, and again, I don't want to keep talking about the Lions, but but there's so much to be said on coaching staff, ownership. You know, like I said, you and I, I think can kind of see, you know, this is how it is, but your brother's got a far different uh, far different experience or maybe uh, uh, an outlook on things. Uh, but I did see the, the Judy uh, pick as far as him and him and Galladay. Yeah, we're going to be set. Uh, that, that that's ultimately like. But I feel like in years, all we've done is loaded up our offense. We've loaded up everything for Stafford, and it's constantly a shootout. But we can't stop anybody. And ultimately, it always comes down to uh, either Stafford having to go out and making a fourth quarter run, or we're just down and there's there's nothing. I'm just tired of it. Why don't we just? put a defense on the field that can maybe get us a stop or two where Stafford can go out there and sling the ball. Yeah, that's a really good point because you're right. It seems like we're either – like they even had a point in this season where we were like one of four teams who had a lead in every game. And it's just like we're yeah. these back-and-forth shootouts. And even like the stat where Stafford has like the most fourth-quarter comebacks of all time, like that speaks to the same shit. Like we're just in these back-and-forth where who has the ball ass wins the game. And you're 100% right. I'm behind that. If we can put a defense out there who can actually stand on two feet and do their fucking job, then I think maybe we have a team that competes. And I think maybe even we're on the way to Patricia calling plays, which may be the reason why Pasquale stepped down. I don't know. I mean, well, I'm sure we'll find out eventually. They said he wanted to be close to his family in Connecticut, which whatever. Okay, yeah. I mean, BS, but yeah. I love that we're talking about the Lions in a playoff preview. That's... Yeah, how far have we come? Maybe one I mean, day they'll I, be in the shows that. Yeah, I mean, we can keep dreaming, but but I guess maybe maybe we should uh, you know, we can end it here. We've hit our all of our topics, they flowed well. I'm I'm really excited about 2020. This has already gone better than the last 14 episodes I've ever done. So I appreciate Zach <laughs> you bringing the energy and 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 being the co-host. I think at this point, I say it on every episode whether whether I'm a part of it or not. I think I think we may be able to actually uh, maintain some uh some people as far as uh repeat listeners to to listen through so that's great and i, I love the fact that obviously this, this is a podcast but zach and i we record this on video so we can kind of bounce off each other dude straight came to the show today you guys can't see it but decked out in oilers gear 
uh, <laughs> you know, like I said, exposing the like that. Guy showing up. Yes, I, I love it. So, so every, everything about it. But so, so let so let's end it real quick. Our our first show of 2020. Which I signed in some paperwork today, and of course I messed that up already. You know yeah. how long you got to get in that or get in that groove. But uh, is there a uh, a team this year outside of the Packers that could just luck their way into the Super Bowl? Dude, you have no idea how worried I am that the, like the Packers somehow like through this like the NFC North is supposed to be the toughest division. They somehow get this by and. They're playing a winner of well, I guess they reseed, so I guess I'm not 100 percent sure who they play, but they have a real shot of like I mean if if the Eagles and Vikings make it out of the first round, they're playing someone easy, and then they're playing probably the Niners to go to the Super Bowl, and I'm super scared of that. Other than them, to answer your question, the only other team I'm worried about is the Patriots, which I don't think there's a shot in hell the Patriots make Super Bowl, so I'm not even worried about that. So uh Quickly, I know I said this was pretty much ending it up. Um, Minnesota, New Orleans, they match up again. Yeah, oh yeah. You never hear the end of it, of what happened last year. If if you could just pick one team or, or just see it happening, who will the refs screw the biggest this year? I think I'll go out on a limb right now, and I don't think it's a it's – a, I don't think it's a small limb. I think this is a pretty big limb. Um, anybody that plays the Patriots, I could see the Tennessee Titans getting screwed. Uh huh. Anyone who plays the Patriots or the Packers, I think. Yeah, but yeah, we just talked about the Packers. So, so both that's good because there's an NFC and, a, and an AFC team. So. I think the NFL wants Patriots Packers. I honestly do. Uh, I'm glad you said that because I, I feel like there's some bias in the NCAA as well. If anybody watched that Ohio State Clemson game, we'll just uh, we'll just talk about that later. I'm sure, but we'll save that for another Dice. episode because uh, you know we're, we're we're a few in. But uh, but either way, I, I mean, for for Ohio State, you you can't be inside the 10 yard line to settle for field goals. So that that that's my take on that game. So okay. here and or there, but uh, but uh, anyways, Zach, do you have any uh, any final words? This is our again. I keep reiterating our, our first episode. It's already gone better than anything I've done. So, no, yeah, man, I got no. Uh, I'm, I'm. Other than, yeah, I do want to make a final statement. I'm not watching the AFC games this weekend. Titans, Patriots. Uh, I'd like the Titans to win, but I really don't care. The refs are probably gonna let the Patriots win that one. And then Bills, Texans, like we already talked about, that's crapshoot. Um, I'm watching the NFC this weekend. Eagles Seahawks. Can the Eagles upset the Seahawks at home? And we got the rematch of the Vikings Saints. And then the following weekend, we'll watch the AFC because that's when the Chiefs and Ravens play. So I don't know if we'll do an episode next week and maybe we'll talk about those matchups. I'm not sure what our schedule looks like. Sure. But we'll, we'll dial it in. This is uh this is probably the best podcast so far on the Belly Up Network. So it's great. I mean, no no offense to the Puck Puck Pass guys, you know, but none taken. But it's all good. <laughs> but uh but uh between myself and, and zach i appreciate you guys tuning in for this first episode of 2020 looking forward to the rest of the year uh we're definitely gonna have some guests on we got got some big things lined up last year you had to listen to me gibberish with all these big name people and i i thought i was cool realized i sucked so i brought on zach so you are so cool man with that being said zach i appreciate it <laughs> uh appreciate it looking forward to this year and uh into to the first episode of what's up belly up for 2020 uh zach and mike were out see you